Yakmala! Yakmala! Welcome back, my friends, to the Cult Film Showdown. I am your host, 8th Dan Stanadu, and I am pleased to be joined by my friends. I have Nick Boxer. Greetings and salutations. You know, you're phoning it in, man. You're not putting the Yakmala in there. The, the, the energy is just gone. Oh, you just We're you several need... seasons in, man. You... <laughs> You gotta put some energy into it, man. I, I I would like to point out. With it. <laughs> I'd like to point out that he never says Akmala, anyways. Yakmala, <laughs> <laughs> Yakmala. <laughs> All right. Now we've heard from Jack Hall. Yeah, it's me. What's up? Yeah, that's you. All right. And once again, James Kata. I am thrilled to be here to discuss. Uh, who they are and why they are playing with fire. Yeah. It's important to know why they're playing with fire, our movie, as we come to the conclusion of our Sybil Danning spotlight, the Sibilance season, with their playing with fire. And now, well, maybe... Yeah, do, you, do you think Nick is going to explain to us who is playing with fire in his summary of the movie? I can tell you right now, no. No. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Nick, they're playing with fire to you. All right. Uh, May I just say, if you're going to go out on a a civil banning season, this is the movie to go out on. Uh, uh, (laughs) I had a great time with this one. All righty. Civil banning plays a teacher at a university who seduces a young student into... Uh, into helping her scare her elderly, uh, oh, uh, her elderly in-laws out of the house so her and her husband can inherit a bunch of money. Unfortunately, when the student is in the house, the elderly in-laws are murdered and after that, it's sort of a cat and mouse game of who killed uh, the in-laws and what the hell's going on and who can trust who. Um, it was an entertaining romp, which uh, at any time where someone landing was wearing clothing, she looks uncomfortable. <laughs> um, great time was had by all. Um I don't want to wreck the mystery because I was actually guessing at who was the killer for the entire movie. Um, not because it's set up that way, just because it's not a very well-made film. It's just an entertaining one. Well, I think I think then we have to say uh, right now to folks, if you want to see the film, and you should watch these films before listening to the show and watch along with us, that's the whole concept. Go watch it. Come back. Then listen to this because there will be spoilers because there's no way we can talk about this and avoid that. Mm, it is. It is very. Yeah. True. I just don't want to do it in plot synopsis. Yeah. I told I them get what it. the movie's about. Sort of. <laughs> yeah. There's a, there's a mystery at the beginning and then there is quite a twist towards the end. And that's, that's all we'll say at this point in time, though. There's no way, there's no way we don't go deeper into some, into that twist because, Man, the whole mood of the movie changes. <laughs> <laughs> it has some tonal shifts, this film. I, 
You know, it's it moves uh, it moves quite rapidly into the uh, the the uh, uh, the kind of sex thriller that uh, that this fits into as a genre. Uh, the the seduction of her student, uh, and then the the first time that she uh, you know eight minutes uh, before you see Civil Shepherd Dinkin. By the way, Civil Shepherd. Or wait. Civil Dan. Dan. <laughs> yeah, it, like, it moves very quickly in that. She eight doesn't minutes. mess around. Like, and I don't think for the entire movie there's another eight minutes in between nude scenes with Civil Dan. <laughs> I think you might be right. <laughs> you, yeah, she yeah. showers a lot. <laughs> she does, yeah. That's true. Dirty, dirty girl. And um, once you reach the end, <laughs> near the end, then it's just kind of like, well, we have five minutes free, so we might as well have sex. She's in her mid-30s here. This is probably her best looking that she ever looked. Like, she was gorgeous. Uh, she considers this to be her best acting performance. All right, yeah, then. Well, I think it's one of the it's one of the roles where she actually has more than one level. So yes, it's true. <laughs> yeah, she, she's, uh, you know, she's doing the... the uh, Yojimbo uh, playing two sides against the other uh, thing throughout the film. Uh, her motivations uh, are are hidden from the audience for, uh, the, for the whole film. You don't. You never <laughs> know what she's up to. Uh, God, we've made it this far without mentioning the bikini man. I'm sorry, that bikini deserves a Hall of Fame spot <laughs> right now. I'm, I'm telegraphing this one. I'm sorry, I, it had nothing to do with what you were saying with, but. It deserves mention early in this podcast. Yeah, we're about five minutes in before we get that 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 uh, bikini. So about eight minutes before we get to the nudity, when the bikini goes off. But you're right, the bikini itself is deserving of a Hall of Fame nomination. We actually see that bikini before we see anything else of the story. Uh, <laughs> it, 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 one minute in, she she walks across the the yacht oh, right. wearing that bikini, and then uh, we come back to it. Um, so yeah, they, they really uh, they peppered uh, Sybil Danning in either underwear or bikini throughout the film. It was, uh, it was well crafted that way. <laughs> they, they yeah they maximized her assets for sure. For us. Um, so I'm I'm not kid- kidding you. The uh, the DVD jacket refers to her breasts as sumptuous sacks. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's an actual thing on the DVD jacket. Amazing. Uh, Luxem is what uh, she's called in the plot summary on IMDb. Uh-huh. <laughs> Sumptuous sacks. Nothing stopping that. <laughs> Amazing. There's, yeah, it, it's interesting. There, It feels like there's a lot to be said about Symbol Danning and her assets in this one, and not necessarily that much to be said about the story. <laughs> so true. <laughs> like so true. The thing, the thing that I found about the story was that, I mean, other than the the tonal shift, and you know, because we we start off with this whole like teacher fooling around with her student, and then it suddenly becomes this, you know, the sexual thriller with murders and people getting knocked off, and there is a mystery and and. It just kind of followed the story. It was just going, you know, point A to point B to point C and et cetera. So I wasn't sitting there, like, whipping out my pen and paper taking notes for this one. You were know? <laughs> whipping out something else. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it's... 
this was, you know, as as you said earlier, I mean, this was the good way to wrap up the season. Because, uh, just had a paper in your pocket. You're just happy to see someone dying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know the of answer to that. Paper. So, yeah. <laughs> happy to see either of them. But <laughs> this, yeah. This might be the longest plot summary I've ever seen on on, uh, Wikipedia for a film that we've done. Oh, dude. Much like the movie itself, (laughs) I started started reading that whole thing to remind myself what happened in the movie and could not, like, and and got bored because it doesn't have the the actual nudity. Without the nudity to keep your attention, this film is going to... It's going to drag. Well, and it's so weird, right? Because I know that when I first started watching this movie, I kind of I kind of wondered to myself, like, how long is this movie? And so then I Googled it, and just immediately in the Google, it, show, it shows, like, an hour and 49 minutes. And I was thinking to myself, oh, this is so freaking long. And so, and so then I wound up stopping at, like, an hour and 20 minutes in, and then came back, and there's only, like, 15 minutes left, and I'm like, oh, oh, well, geez, I've missed the best 15 minutes right, right now. The 50, the last 15 minutes are something, you swear that's a different film again altogether. I, yeah, for sure. Like sometimes, It becomes a horror film. Let's yes, sometimes yeah. watching movies Flasher film. In, in, like, two sections like that really changes your outlook on the entire movie. Because the first half is kind you know, is kind of a little dull. And then that last 15, 20 minutes is just like, wow, I'm in, I am in a slasher movie and things are exciting and there's still nudity. And so it's, it's much, much better in that regard. I'll just go back to that part. There's yeah, but bait. it's dullness with breasts, so it's okay. <laughs> oh yeah. There's some really good uh, bait and switch as far as like who the who the criminal is. Like you think you think that you're watching one of those how done it's where they just show you who the, the murderer is, and then as the story goes, you're like, well that guy couldn't have done it. Mm-hmm. So well, yes, there's some good bait and switches, except for the fact that the person that actually did it. They don't introduce that he's a possibility that he did it until 75 minutes in. <laughs> I, I figured it out. It was him they, just on the process of elimination. <laughs> like, you've reached that point. It's it's like when you're watching like a Law & Order or Murder, she wrote. You reach the point where you're like, well, we've run out of other characters, so it has to be that guy. There has to be a character. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know why yet. it's that guy. But <laughs> there has to be the, when they said that that the brother was in the insane asylum, it had to actually be not the same brother. There has to be another brother. That's that's what you're saying to yourself because because I mean honestly, like the whole thing is, and there's the spoiler alert by the way. <laughs> but hopefully at this point people have gone and watched it first, uh, at least for uh, Sybil. But you know I mean that's the thing is it's not like you're sitting there and they mention that there's another brother. Uh, you have to you have to deduce that by yourself that that's a possibility. Yeah, I think they they. They hint at it, but it's never, they don't return. Like they mention in passing that there's someone else, but they never return to it. Uh, like, it, no, there is, there isn't anything plot wise that, uh, that telegraphs the, that shows you the ending. It's, uh, it, comes it is out of a, nowhere, dude. It does, yeah, it is a total, uh, like, like I said, it's only because it ran out of other characters for it to be. Mm-hmm, you know, like, mm-hmm. well, it's not going to be the handyman. It's like, you know, he's, he's the one that they're obviously putting yeah, up yeah, yeah, as I mean, the, like, as the obvious one. So yeah, if you him, eliminate him, the husband, and all the, that kind of thing. <laughs> And Husband the simple. Yeah. There, there so was a the, point where I was wondering if the young guy did do it. <laughs> yeah. So the insane, the insane brother is the one who did it. How did his shoes end up in the houseboat then? If it was a, if, if if in the brother's houseboat <laughs> that he never leaves the house, 
How did his shoes end up in the houseboat that he was wearing during the murder? What do you mean he never leaves the house? He's he's like the main character's roommate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, oh, that's uh, right. Yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> like, of course he leaves the house. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's the main character's roommate. I f- totally forgot. <laughs> See? That's the movie. Like, well, that's what landing. I'm saying. Like, like, there's one awkward scene with the roommate and uh, and our main and our lead Jay, who are uh, you know talking about his affair, and the roommate kind of gives him some some flack for it. And I'm like, well, you know, you've you've introduced this other character doesn't accomplish anything else, so I'm thinking it's him. But <laughs> you're not thinking it's the brother, and he's insane. You're just I never yeah I never connected that part. I connected that there was the roommate. Uh, okay. I figured the roommate like I I was guessing maybe he had. I still a, want to know how the shoes ended up in the houseboat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe he was sleeping with Sybil Danning too. That's what you get for playing with fire. Yeah. That's the oof, good call. Like, why is it that the, the girl says that to the guy? The guy's going to see his teacher in her room. Doesn't mean anything. And the girl, the ex girlfriend, immediately goes, "You're playing with fire." Like two minutes into the movie. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but wait till something actually happens before you say that line, will you? I like that Sybil Danning, and it does get. She also gets the, uh, as we mentioned other times, the the librarian who takes off the glasses and shakes at her hair. She gets mm-hmm. that moment. Uh, <laughs> she get she does the 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 giant glasses school marm thing for like three minutes, and then she's into a bikini again. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's yes. like everybody knows how sexy she is, but she's still a school marm. <laughs> so the ex girlfriend. How did she get those pictures of of uh, of them? By the way, how how did that happen? How did any of this happen? <laughs> <laughs> There's a, there is it it takes a lot of liberties with story progression. <laughs> Certainly, <laughs> like I give them full marks for attempting to tell a real story and attempting to really go. You know, they went for it. Like, they're going all the way with this story. But there's a lot of little holes that if we really started digging into this movie, it would be like, wait, that doesn't make sense. Neither does that. And neither that, you know. Yeah, this this is like a, a pseudo-remake of an earlier film from the director called The Teacher. The, the writer-director. So, I mean, it, it, you know. Yeah, this is like, much more of a straightforward, because uh, he changed the ending, I believe. Yeah, the ending's changed quite a bit. But, yeah, so it's like a pseudo-remake, like I say. But, I mean, yeah, this is I – mean, I mean, it is what he clearly wanted to do, <laughs> this film. You know, this is the director's vision. I don't think there's any question of that. I had looked at that uh, – at the teacher, actually. I was thinking about going back after I watched this because uh, Anthony James, who was one of the creepiest actors in the I think it's on Prime. If I is remember it, right. Yeah, oh, then I then I'll definitely go back. I think it that is. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> pretty oh sure yeah. Oh yeah. I feel like I've seen the poster for this. Yeah. 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 When you see the poster, it looks familiar. And that's probably from from Prime. So I don't know. 1974. It's uh, you know, it, it would be an interesting thing to I don't know necessarily for the podcast, but at least have at least one person on in the podcast take a look at it and then tell the rest of us, you know, and the listeners if they feel like it, like. How similar is it? Like it would be interesting, perhaps an interesting uh, review. I I would just like to know if the film works without Sybil Danning. Well, that's a big question. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure that whoever is the teacher in that film is so lovely. Oh yeah, but no, not Sybil Danning. I, I meant nudity, not Sybil Danning. Yeah. 
I'm talking nudity too. I'm pretty sure 1974's The Teacher has some nudity. In fact, mm-hmm. probably more than this one. I, I believe it has more, yeah. Oh. yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll volunteer to watch it myself. All right. <laughs> anyway, so um, let's go to scoring because I've got something to do this afternoon. <laughs> Oh, come on, yeah. we're not that far into the episode. We're only like That's 20 right. minutes in. But I got I'm something to do this afternoon now. I got the teacher to watch. He's desperate to watch the teacher. <laughs> <laughs> teacher, teacher, can you teach me? <laughs> everything that I need to know. All right. In a special? The 38 special? Yes. Uh, yes, I want to say yes. Yes, it is. I want to say yes because it's correct. Because it's correct, yes. Please, <laughs> so please do say yes. You are you are perfectly good in saying yes. All right. In our search for the ultimate B movie, we rate each film in five categories, none of which are objective quality. The first category is called schlock appeal, and we start with Stan. I don't know where to go with this one really. Um, it felt like like th- there's as we talk about it, it feels like there's some schlocky elements in the plot holes, but that it doesn't feel like an enormous amount of schlock insofar as they really wanted to tell this story. They really wanted to, to like make a whodunit and to make a sexual thriller. And, and it has so many just different, just different elements in it that I find it quite interesting. Um, overall, like I would probably enjoy a rewatch more than I enjoyed the first watch. So I'm just going to give it a four. Yeah, I know what you're saying, because it's almost like they made a legitimate attempt at a film, but you had one producer just sort of standing in the background uh, saying, you know what, Sybil Danning, take your top off. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, that sounds accurate. It, it's not going to go over the top, but does have way too much nudity to get a really low score on the the schlock appeal and i mean even i mean even the artwork and stuff is all schlocky so i'll go high as a seven yeah the artwork and the the everything like that i mean and the way the film was marketed was like you know as a sex comedy but uh it is certainly not that uh, it, tell you the truth really what it is it's like uh it's like a 1980s television primetime network soap opera with a bunch of a bunch of nudity thrown in for no reason. That's basically what it is. So if those were cheesy and schlocky, they're not really. Um, but the but the end is like that last 50 minutes when it becomes the slasher film. That's super cheesy and schlocky. So I'm gonna give it a five. I think. Uh... You know, 10 years later, this film would have been on Cinemax. Uh, like, this is the, the bread and butter of of uh, Cinemax in the 90s was uh, exactly this film. And it would have had uh, – it would have had different casting by then. Uh, would have had uh, Shannon Tweed as the uh, as the lead. Yes. Mm-hmm. But, uh, <laughs> but I think it would have – it fits right into that. Uh, it's it's not it doesn't go super far into that so uh, five is also where I'm going with that uh, more heart than budget I didn't see a stated budget and, and I, I think I, th- I think it's fine honestly like for me I mean we talk about Sybil Danning thinking this is her best performance we talk about the fact that 
the the director made the t-shirt before and and kind of you know remade elements into this i really believe that this is the movie that he wanted to make i really believe that civil danning really wanted to do this movie i thought that they really did put their effort into it so i'm going to give it an eight yeah uh, i'll go with an eight as well this this is a movie that this is a movie this is the movie everyone was trying (laughs) their best um i'm gonna go with slightly lower Uh, i'll give it a six but uh you know, I mean, it's still just, it's still a, an exploitation movie, a clearly, you know, exploitation. I mean, the fact that it had a better, better character arc for Sybil Danny's character, a more, more interesting character than she usually got, but it still was, hey, do you want this role? You're going to have to be nude a lot, you know? So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's still the, that's still the basis of everything, you know? So I can only give it a six, I'm afraid. I will, uh, I, I think that, uh, they were definitely um, pushing as far as performance went in uh, in a very silly film, um, and, uh, and a lot is carried by uh, we hadn't, we haven't talked much about him, but Eric Brown who plays the 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 boy who has been seduced uh, carries that quite a lot of uh, the films. Yeah, everyone chick wants this guy despite not being really all that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he. I mean, he looks. He looks younger than the character he's playing, uh, and that kind of adds to the whole thing. Uh, oh, you're it, stepping on my WTFs, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna split the difference and uh, go with seven. Uh, what the fuck moments? You know, for me, the I would suggest that the biggest what the fuck moment came. Uh, you know, like in just some of the story points when you talk about the idea, like so. So he comes back. You know, our, our hero comes back from trying to scare the old folks out, which he doesn't do a particularly good job of. And then, because and he's getting shot at as he gets by. And then, of course, they turn up murdered. And then the the husband is like, "Well, you killed them." And it's just like, "Wait a minute, there's no." Why did the husband re- try and clean the blood off the wall if he was innocent? Yeah. Well, and and the question was, is that for me, was just that like. Why would he kill them? He had absolutely no motive to kill them whatsoever. <laughs> and, it, you know, it's just some of these little inconsistencies throughout that I, that I kind of scratched my head on. But there wasn't a lot of, to me, moments where I was just like, whoa, this seems really out of place, other than the ending where it was just kind of like, and here's your fabricated <laughs> ending, thank you. <laughs> so... <laughs> So like you know, we threw you a curveball, <laughs> and it's just like yeah, I think you threw the scriptwriter a curveball too, but that's okay. Um, so I will give it a four for that as well. Uh, sorry, what category are we in? What WTFs? WTFs. Okay, awesome. Okay, first one I alluded to uh, alluded to it earlier. The casting of our hero, um, all the sex scenes with him. And Sybil Danning, I enjoyed the Sybil Danning bits, but I kept thinking, did she check his ID before this movie started? <laughs> um, here's here's the thing about this. Here's the thing that's about that is he was in another movie called Private Lesson, where he was seduced by Sylvia Cristal mm, three yep. years earlier. That that came out in 1981. This came out in 1984. So is he's he's replaying it in that movie? He played in a 15 year old. So 
it, when you look at it that way, I don't think that's as strong a WTF as as a. I know. Just looking at him, he looks like he could still be 15. But at that time, he would have been over 18 and already playing a 15-year-old. And that's this oh, is yeah. three years no, later. I'm just saying, in this type of movie, maybe going with like the 30-year-olds 30 30 we usually get would have made, made it a little less uncomfortable watching those sex scenes. Because, I mean, she's spectacular, but she has <laughs> a creepy element in there. And it's, yeah, okay. Uh, but... There are plenty more. The set design in this movie is really weird. I mean, the rich people's house or the rich in-laws house has a Christmas room for no apparent reason. I never got why that was there. I mean, there's just a Christmas tree and a bunch of toys in a room that is sort of implied to be a crazy person's, but we never quite figured that one out. Um, and the kid's apartment, he, which he shares with a roommate, which seems to be the world's largest one-bedroom apartment. <laughs> one room it's, like, apartment. it's a warehouse, yes. Yeah, it's basically it's a, a warehouse. It's a, it's a loft apartment, a but it's just, yeah. <laughs> um, very strange house, a place to live. Um, in this movie, we have a tied-up dog. From what I can tell, the dog's been tied up for... Probably four days. <laughs> <laughs> With the world's largest rope and the world's smallest dog. Um, and then we have the the buddies who are about to maybe get killed uh, scene. I call it the fat guy peeing scene. Where the fat guy has to get out of the car to pee. And the couple in the car with him decide to make out and take out one breast in the amount of the time of a urination, <laughs> which I thought was an odd choice. Appreciate it, but odd. Yeah, <laughs> really odd, because they don't have that much time. Not to mention, he, the fat guy while peeing has the line, you know, he goes to pee, he looks down at his penis and says, good things come on small packages. Yeah, it doesn't know that. that. That's I, Jack's line. Yeah, yeah that's, I say that every time I pee. What's the big deal? <laughs> <laughs> I, I never have been in that situation. I didn't think you'd refer to it yourself out loud. Being a solo urinator, I I don't know. I thought that was really freaking weird. Well, you'd uh, be wrong. <laughs> So, yeah, on the WTFs, I, I think they're high in this movie. Not to mention we didn't. I mean, there's no way you can figure out the killer before the last 10 minutes of this movie. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with uh, eight. Yeah, I think it's strong in this category, too. I agree. When we talk about all the little plot inconsistencies and the things, I mean, just the whole thing of when the guy sneaks into the house to try and scare them so that they leave the house. And instead, the old woman grabs the shotgun and is chasing him, shooting him. I mean, I was laughing my butt off. It was so odd looking. It was something else. Um, you know, and for all we this, we didn't even month, mention the 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 uh, Santa murder. Yeah, the Santa murder. That why, was an odd why one. Why the hell that was he dressed as Santa? Why? Why was he dressed as Santa just when she happened to show up and in the house? Not to mention that she's killed with a baseball bat that doesn't look like it hurts at all. Well, the thing is, he hit her the first time, 
And she turned around like she'd been lightly tapped on the shoulder with the baseball bat. He just slugs her. And she turns around very lackadaisical like, oh, there's someone there. And then he gets hit. she gets hit again and killed with the baseball bat. But the first time, even though he completely slugs her, she doesn't sell it at all. Uh, it was awesome. Well, uh, other actors don't sell their deaths either because the machete murder looks exactly the same. It's that you know, and they get hit with a machete, and it's like, oh, ow, that might have hurt, and then, and then the second blow is the killing blow. Always the second blow. The first one is just uh, that'll leave a mark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, it's it's crazy. Where's the police in this whole movie? You know, for for murders and for all this money, millions or billions of dollars, you think the police would be all over this thing, but uh, where the hell are they? You know, they show up for a little bit, but. Um, well, there's, there's no bodies, so I mean, no, no one's bodies. actually reported no. the missing for quite a long. No, that's uh, that's the uh, slasher movie part where we finally get the oh. slasher movie. Um, yeah. You know, everybody shows up at the end. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's everybody. There's no shows bodies up. until we find out that the killer's been stacking them like cordwood in the attic. Yeah, it's too bad. Last the last movie I forgot to mention is the the cop had a line in the in the tomb saying something like, "They being I'm not going anywhere. These people have been killed and murdered." And they're dead. You know, one of those like plan nine out of out of yeah, that was great. That's right. They're, they're dead movie, and someone's responsible. <laughs> yeah. And someone's responsible. <laughs> and it's the same uh, thing. This movie could have used a could have used a police officer just hanging around that was just completely useless saying lines like that. That would have added to the entertainment. But uh yeah, I mean I think it's a solid seven in the WTF, so I think we've we've seen uh, uh quite a few that we've mentioned that are either plot inconsistencies or or and the whole look, even if the rest of the movie's only like a four, the fact is that the, the final fifteen minutes is like a nine out of ten, just like a, a continuous nine out of ten WTF. <laughs> so it, it just bumps the whole average. So okay. I'm giving it a seven. All right. I I think to, to pile onto that stuff, uh, uh, the uh, we mentioned the the roommate who doesn't get a whole lot of screen time. Uh, it, his big scene is uh, over an hour into the film, um, where he's uh, you know he he also warns our hero that he's playing with fire. Uh, but uh, through that whole scene, the roommate, I couldn't take my eyes off him because he clearly has pink eye. Um, <laughs> when he was shooting that scene, like this scene is so important, you could have got couldn't have gone back like two days later and gotten his stuff. <laughs> like he's got this like bursting red eye that was super distracting, but it did make me suspect him. Uh, <laughs> I, but uh, I'm gonna go all the way up to an eight uh, because at the end. Our lead and Sybil Danning leave together. They're yes. they're just a couple yeah. at the end of the film. That's right on their way to Hawaii. Up. <laughs> yeah, he just shows up. Actually, I was just shows thinking up that scene is going on. Like I give him a week before uh, <laughs> before she figures out I to bump him off too. That's the right. Car. So she, she shows up in this. She shows up in this great car and then says to him, "This car's yours now." And come with me on vacation. And then they're driving away in his new car. 
and his old his old uh and this is the comedy of the movie they did this more than once his old boss now is screaming at him i'm gonna fire you if you leave because <laughs> like, because that matters you know because because sybil danning shows up and offers you a ferrari and and, and a trip to hawaii and it's yeah. just like oh let me tell okay. you something. There has never been a job. If Sybil Danny offered me a week with her, there has never <laughs> been a job that I have or could hold where I wouldn't go. I'll leave. Yes, I'll give up this job to spend that week with you. And that's probably even Sybil Danny even right now. now. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> She's seventy-one now. Even now. <laughs> All right. Eight for me. It is uh, memorable moments. This one, I can think of two. <laughs> yes, yes. The, this one is absolutely all in on the civil tanning because uh, because the rest of it, like as as you guys were talking, like and I watched this movie two weeks ago or whatever, and as you guys were talking, I'm like, I forgot that. Nope, didn't remember that at all. So there was not a lot of the actual movie that I remembered, but I totally remembered. Sybil Danning. So I'll give it I'll give it a six just for her. Uh the bikini has it at an eight. Just that alone. <laughs> um I'm sure a lot remember other things, but no. Uh that bikini has it right up there with the space bikini uh from uh, Beyond the Stars or whatever the hell that movie was, but I re- I'll remember the costume. Yeah. No, eight. Look, I actually forgot that the roommate was the killer. I mean, <laughs> the whole surprise twist at the end, I forgot until we're doing the podcast and you guys reminded me. That is not a good sign. Uh, so I will give it a five for Sybil Danning's uh, bikini, uh, Sybil Danning's um, uh, shower suit, Sybil Danning's bikini, and Sybil Danning's shower suit scene. You know, we haven't mentioned the white uh, – lingerie uh uh set you wear that that is memorable there that that's an awesome memorable actually too. black one as and, well and I'll, I'll also throw in that plus her uh, bikini and her shower scene yeah <laughs> i think uh all of that and i forgot the ending of the movie so five uh, for me as well <laughs> crazy concept crazy concept well oh boy i mean this is um this is a good, crazy concept, I think, because of the fact that, you know, we start out, we have the movie poster, which makes it look like a sex romp, you know, where the teacher's taking advantage of her student, and then it turns into a sex thriller, then it turns into a whodunit, and then at the end it wraps up in a slasher movie. I'm not quite sure how you sell that to anybody and say, like, so we're really genre hopping here and we're gonna we're gonna come up with a masterpiece and Sybil Danning has to act and be naked oh oh okay well here's your money but uh so I figured that I'd give you money for that well yeah exactly (laughs) so I think that the Sybil Danning being naked part is what got them their money the rest of it is just the crazy concept seven so score seven yeah why not yeah Oh, yeah, seven. Okay. seven was his number. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what's, your, what's your number on Crazy Concept? Uh, yeah, um, I'm not sure it has that much of a crazy concept. I think I think they made a 
a sexy thriller that didn't quite work and sort of had to scramble to uh, market this sucker. Um, I, I I didn't see any of the sex comedy stuff actually in the film, and the slasher bits at the end are incompetence in storytelling rather than you know a plan thing so that's not really concept i can't go huge but it is a weird movie so i'll go with the uh, a seven <laughs> yeah uh, it's okay. yeah ahead. yeah a, 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 a seven uh just because the character shift of Sybil danny is really re- weird that you know, for most of the movie, she's a suspect and a bad guy. And by the end of the film, she drives off to the sunset with our hero. Um, she's the only one who makes out well in this movie. No, I, I, I got the exact same score, seven. I mean, let's face it. It's a slasher film. It's a 15-minute slasher film surrounded by other stuff. I mean, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a crazy concept to me. Uh, Sans suffered, summed it up really perfectly, actually. I, I got a seven. Well, let's make it sevens across the board then. Uh, I think, uh, I think the weirdness of taking that left turn, uh, near the end, uh, into a slasher film, uh, is, uh, I mean, basically, like, you're trying to take a film he made 10 years earlier and then put a, what's the modern twist on this to come back to it? <laughs> Like, well, the modern twist is, is that horror films sell, so we'll <laughs> that's what we'll do. So, yay, <laughs> nailed it! <laughs> All right, well, that, re- that reaches the end of our balloting, and uh, this film does get a minus one for running at ninety six minutes, uh, going over our uh, our cutoff of ninety five, uh, giving it a final total of a respectable sixty three point five out of one hundred, which ties it with one down two to go and killer clowns from outer space interesting that's yeah it's an interesting um like again it's it's a wonderful wonderful civil damning piece it's the rest of the movie is completely just exists to support civil damning so. <laughs> oh i saw this movie she doesn't need any support <laughs> oh yeah yeah, most of the movies, she doesn't have any support at all. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's for sure. Okay, well, we are about to choose the films for our next season. But before that, Jim, some business. All right, well, uh, that Octagon we mentioned, you can find that on wetalkpodcast.com. Uh, they are our show sponsor, and uh, We Talk Podcasts has a Facebook, and they have a Twitter. Um, and Cult Film Showdown is on uh, YouTube and Instagram, and we have a Patreon. Uh, if you like what we're doing, uh, we're talking about doing some uh, some Patreon-exclusive bits, so uh, throw us a couple of bucks there and uh, keep the lights on. Excellent. We like the lights, and we like to watch movies. And, uh, and we, uh, we we need to pay for our Amazon Prime subscriptions. Right. Yeah, my Prime's coming up anytime now. So <laughs> All right. Well, our next season is the Canon Spotlight, uh, you know, otherwise known, I, probably I known as... Oh. 
I have something before before we go because you're mentioning this canon. I had asked none of you to uh, pick or watch the Naked Cage because it had come up in an early episode, and I said I was probably going to pick it for this. I'm now not necessarily going to, just in case that changes anybody's decision making ahead of time. <laughs> go ahead. Now. Oh, now in the next in the next ten <laughs> seconds, you can choose to watch the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even remember it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I forgot that totally. All right. Well, we'll we'll tentatively title this Loose Cannon, um, but I was more thinking who put their golem in my globus but that's too long so yeah i I like cannon fodder cannon fodder also very good so let's go with that all right um so now one of our favorite parts where we get to yell at jim and say jim (laughs) oh i do like this part okay uh get myself all organized here because i'm trying to remember what i picked so that i can uh, be ready in case i'm called upon yeah, right. just make the sound effect when you do the gymerate, but <laughs> Stan adds that later. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> and gymerate. Uh it is Stan. Yay. All right. This is uh this is some good news. I I'm super happy to be able to uh to bring Sam Furstenberg back into the octagon. I am going to go with Avenging Force because when I see that it was intended as a sequel to Invasion USA, but this time it has, uh, it does not have him. It has Michael Dudikoff. So how can you go wrong? Michael Dudikoff. We haven't had him in the octagon in the octagon in way too long. I agree. You may have just affected my picks. And Jim Wright. Uh, Jack. It is me. Well, I'd like to go with Hard Rock Zombies. And then I'd like to say, that's my gift to you. You're welcome. <laughs> Unfamiliar. Uh, you want to tell us anything about that movie? <laughs> nope. Uh, let me see. We got Hard Rock. We got Zombies. We got Nazis. What more do you need? <laughs> Not a thing. All right. And Jim Raid. Uh Nick. All right. I am going with the film that I've seen many, many times through scrambled uh, television <laughs> in the 80s, but have never seen in its entirety. Um, a movie that I thought was called The Barbarian Brothers for most nice, of my adult nice. life. But... I now find out it's called Barbarians Co. Oh, Barbarians and Co. Or just the Barbarians. Fantastic. Goodwin brother bodybuilders in a movie. How can you go wrong? Oh, yeah. And and I, I knew that those guys were going to wind up in the octagon at some point. They they couldn't go without. You know. <laughs> Well, I was right, waiting I, for you to put them in there, Stan. I know you're a fan of the Barbarian Brothers. Uh, well, I mean, honestly, I was I was mostly just trying to like just setting rules for myself. I just tried to stick to the Golan and Globus produced movies that are part of canon. Uh, so that's that's kind of why I didn't touch the Barbarians and uh, and Hard Rock Zombies. Yeah, I just remembered the number of breasts in this movie as I remember it, but. That overrid any other concerns. Oh, I'm I'm perfectly happy. I'm ecstatic with both. (laughs) (laughs) 
All right. If you got anything more to say, uh, you'll go ahead because I'm scrambling now that uh, he's taken the movie I was going to make. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> this is why you need multiple choices. I do. Right? I, I do. I, I, do have, uh, I do have backups here. Uh, all right. Well, I'm going I'm to take, uh, take a flyer. I'm going to take a risk. Uh, it is the sequel to a film that only did uh, medium on the octagon, but uh, I think that having heard the story of the making of this of the sequel, I think it's something that uh, I want to put in and just see how things go. Uh, this is The Adventures of Hercules 2. Ooh, okay then. Mm, interesting. The, the film that Lou Ferrigno did not know he appeared in. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The back half. Jimmerate again. Jimmerate. Uh, it is Jack. Oh, no. I didn't want it to be me. <laughs> I want to be here because uh, I'm, I'm scrambling myself uh, on what I'm going to do because I was going to pick not uh, Avenging Force, but I was going to pick another Sam Furstenberg movie in, in uh, American Samurai. But uh, I don't want to uh, get too repetitive. So let's go with America 3000. Oh, you took one of mine. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know what? I I, uh, I I don't apologize for it. That's the luck of the uh, of the generator. <laughs> oh, that looks like some <laughs> some sort of fun. This is America three thousand. You're looking at three thousand. Like, that looks like One thing you got to say for the canon. Did anybody do better posters than these guys? <laughs> Oh, it's amazing. they were they were one, they were one of the companies that was really known for uh, for making the poster and then making the film. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and Jim Uh It is Nick. Damn, I was actually hoping somebody else would win because I got two picks and only one spot. I know the feeling. <laughs> I, I mean, thank, thank God Jack took a, a slot away from me last time because three picks could have killed me um, to choose between these particular films. Uh, but, yeah, I think I'm going to harken back to the early days of this podcast and hope to get a winner with uh, a proven track record. So I'm going with Enter the Ninja, the first film in the Ninja mm. Trilogy. And we all know how well Ninja Three: The Domination did. It's it's and Franco Nero in a white ninja suit. How can that go too far wrong? There's, there's a lot. There is a lot going on in that movie. I actually <laughs> just watched that movie recently, and yes, I can I can say that it is a fine choice. <laughs> all right, another two. Chamber Ray. Uh, it is me. Mm-hmm. Take one I of my am, movies, I please. Am, I am. Uh, I'm. 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 I'm struggling on this one. I. Uh, I'm. I'm gonna go with. Uh, I'm gonna go with a naked cage. I think so, since uh, Jack put it up there. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna put it back in. I was expecting you right. to take it. So. <laughs> and and uh, as I've said before, we haven't spent enough time in the women in prison genre. So uh, I think. <laughs> I was uh, worried about spending. It being our third in two seasons, I was worried about it being too much. But how can it be? It's a woman in prison. <laughs> You're going to love it. <laughs> there right. will be a shower scene. There will be a rapey prison guard. There will be a corrupt <laughs> warden. 
<laughs> it's all gonna be there. All right, close her up. All right, you know this, this is so very hard for me. I was, and I and I think that I I, I I'll trade risk you of... a, a draft choice for next uh, <laughs> uh, for, for next season. <laughs> really, kind of gonna want to get Texas Chainsaw Massacre two in here. <laughs> See, like for me, it, like there, there was two, two left, and um, wrapping the uh, electric boogaloo or oh, electric boogaloo, I was super close on it. And even though I know that I'm at the risk of repeating myself a little bit, American Ninja Two, also by Sam Furstenberg, also with Michael Dudikoff, Super Ninjas really, really sold me on this one. So American Ninja Two. All right, all right, interesting. There's so many left on the table that are so great. There's a ton. I also, I, I, I really, really considered Cobra, really heavily considered that, because I'm sure that would score, you know, over the top. I was really hoping somebody would pick. Uh, this was there, the, this the, was where the I Sinbad with Lou Ferrigno. Yeah, I almost picked that. I could, like, you know, so much- I mean, Masters of the Universe could certainly fit. Oh, yeah. I mean, even like Superman Four, The Quest for Peace, probably, you know, uh, could could get tossed in I here. Watch it, cult film lens. It would be very interesting. Like Gore, the the, the almost, Gore was one that almost made it for me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Doctor Heckle and Mister Hype, uh, which yeah. is one of the very early canons. Rockula, uh, Rockula uh, was one I almost did. Mm. Even, but I decided like, to watch rock movies in there. Like Cyborg, I've been mean, taking some Jean-Claude Van Damme stuff. Yes, yeah. there, was, there was a lot. It, uh, Link from 1986 was a really, that was, oh. was really close Ooh. to me. It's, uh, it's a monkey. That, it's, a mon- it's a monkey movie. Oh, or Alien yeah. from so, L.A. with Kathy Ireland. Well, I, I would have picked that, and then I saw it was rated G, and I went, I'm not mm. watching a G-rated movie. From Albert Payoon with uh, Kathy Ireland, I'm not doing it. That's 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 a good call. I'm glad that uh, I'm glad I, we didn't get down to that point. I'm I'm sad that we didn't get to uh, Breaking Three Electric Boogaloo, but I'm sh- I have a feeling it'll come <laughs> up. So, all right. Well, now now we have things to watch. So I'm looking forward to that. Does anybody have anything else to say before we wrap up and go away? Apparently not. So <laughs> let's go watch some cannons. Yes, for Jim and for Jack and for Nick, I am your host, 8th Dan Stanadu, and thanks for listening to the Cult Film Showdown. If your English professor looked like this, you wouldn't mind staying after school, doing odd jobs, even inviting her to your room. Eric Brown, the star of Private Lessons, is playing with fire when he falls into the hands of Playboy sensation Sybil Danny. But he thinks it's worth it, wouldn't you? Oh, you're playing with fire. They're playing with fire. Rated R.